Hello, and welcome to the 25th anniversary episode of the Socially Distanced Podcast. I am the managing editor of thepopbreak.com, Al Manorino. With me, as always, except for last week, is the editor-in-chief of thepopbreak.com, Mr. Bill Bodkin. Bill, what's going on? I'd like to clarify the fact that I was here last week, and you yes. were off gallivanting. Uh, yeah. ha- having, having a gay old time. And, oh, my uh, God. Uh, you know, well-deserved. Uh, I remember being young and having fun at some point in my life. That has not happened this year, but good for you. Uh, Al's coming to us today from uh, back from the murder basement. Yes. His new uh, home studio for the next however long, I guess. Yeah. Uh, who knows? But thank uh, God def- you're not. Temporary. Thank God you're not in the town of Point Pleasant. Which, which Point Pleasant? The Point Pleasant, New Jersey, or Point Pleasant, California? Well, obviously not New Jersey, because yeah. as we have promised for weeks on this podcast, mm-hmm. uh, the 25th episode of this pod, this is the our, which basically now officially marks our six month anniversary of doing this podcast, which is wild in itself. Uh, we, we promised that we would uh, talk about. The premiere episode of the short-lived, short-lived 2005 Fox supernatural drama, Point Pleasant. Because I don't know which one of us mentioned it on the podcast. but me. We both, it was me. Yeah. And I don't remember the context of it. But we talked about it, how it's the most ridiculous concept of a show ever. Um, mm-hmm. Al and I, if you don't know, if you're not listening from New Jersey, we are from New Jersey. And the Jersey Shore region, Point Pleasant is a main tourist hub. And in 2005, Fox announced they were having this show about Point Pleasant, New Jersey. And it's a show that lasted uh, only a handful of months. But everyone from New Jersey remembers this show because we rem- New Jersey has a very long memory about really terrible television. Um yeah. Before we get into that, let's give a, a big shout out to a guy who'll never be on this podcast, Logan Great. Fowler, uh, who his son Miles, whose name I called that name as soon as Logan told me. Um, he his son was born over the weekend, so probably by the time this episode airs, he'll be a week old. So congratulations to Logan, even though you're probably not going to listen to this podcast. The I think the eighth pop break baby since 2011. No, since 2009, wow. I should say. Yep. I mean, a lot. You, uh, well, Par- well, Miles, Parker, you know, the Spider-Man. Um, yep. Sophie, uh, Mike- Michael Torcas has three daughters. Mike Facciano has a daughter. Kimberly Rossi, Fox, has two boys. And I feel like I'm forgetting somebody, and I apologize. Probably. I'm sure your child is just beautiful. Um, but, yeah, when I- Logan was like, yeah, having a boy, I'm like, Tell Miles I said hello. He's like, why do you think it's Miles? I'm like, because you're a nerd and it's going to be something Spider-Man related and you can't be part of her because Al stole that already. That's true. You know what's funny too is um, when I when – I, uh, when uh, my wife told me the name because was, I was driving and she read it on Facebook. Uh, I was like, oh, that's great. Yeah, Spider-Man obviously. It's another Spider-Baby. I was super happy for him. And then at the second time, I'm like, oh, no, wait. It's a double nerd reference because – uh, spoiler alert, at the end of Baby Driver, you find out Baby's real name is Miles. And 
Logan's a huge Edgar Wright fan. I wonder if that had anything to to no. to do with the the it, name change. Yeah, all, I know it's it definitely all Spidey. it's all Spider Man. Yeah. It's all Spider Man. But I'm I'm sure I'm sure he probably also thought of that too. Well, do you know the Do you know the why Sophie is Sophie? No. Uh, so you know her full name is Anna Sophia, which is my wife's great grandmother's name. But I came up with the name Sophie because I had just watched Kill Bill, and I was like, "There's the character Sophie Fatal," and I'm just like. Because we were thinking like Ellie and a couple other names, and I was just like, I kind of like any of these names, and I was like, and um, David Carradine's like, my sweet, sweet Sophie. I'm just like, shit, that's a good name. I said, that's a real good name. And I pitched it to Sue while we were driving back to our apartment, and she's like, oh, I like that name a lot. And so thank you, Quentin Tarantino, for the inspiration for my daughter's name. Uh, yeah, no, that's a, I didn't know that. So that's a great, something to new to learn on the 25th. Uh, I keep saying 25th anniversary like we've been doing this for 25 years, it but it's really just like 25 it. episodes. I know it does. I mean, six months is a long time to be to do a, a podcast like this. Just think about the like when we started our second episode, it was like, here's this cutting-edge thing called Tiger King. And now six months late, later, Carol Baskin's on Dancing with the Stars, and we're all like, fuck, we don't need any more Tiger King shit. Um, yeah, that's how the, this is how the world turns. And now, like, what are you drinking tonight, Al, before we get into our discussion of this lovely television show oh as always the uh, founders green zebra it is uh, the drink of choice what about you i am uh, of course coke zero and i'm mixing with a new irish whiskey i picked up called the fighting 69th uh it's uh, named after a legendary uh, military unit uh that started in the civil war made up of uh, irish americans I uh, saw it at my local liquor store, and I'm just like, I like it. Let me try it. And, ooh, it is smooth and wonderful. Well, that sounds delightful. I'll have to try that one. I'm sure you won't. Um, you're, I don't think you're much of a whiskey guy. I truly won't. I, I, I'm really not. You know what You know what beer actually tickled my fancy, and I found out? Um, there's a brewery in Florida that makes a Dole Whip Sour beer is inspired by the Disney Dole Whip and I'm like yeah I want to have that but it's so limited and you can only pick it up in person and it's like in gosh it's like somewhere in the middle of Florida not Orlando but in that general vicinity because that does sound really good uh yeah do you have the name of that beer I would like to try it I think it's just called the Dole Whip Sour hold on one second I I will pull it up I was looking it up last night to be like ooh I want to get that, and let me uh, pull it up. Who does it? I think it's called like. Well, while you're looking that, I think it's called. While you're looking that up, it's called from First Magnitude Brewing Company out of Gainesville, Florida. Of course, Gainesville is where Fest takes place every year, Um, the big punk festival. Uh, It was started. It sold out in three days. Yeah, it's called Dole Whip Sour. Uh, I love Dole Whips, and I do love a good sour beer. I'm going to credit you for that. Um, yeah, I would love to try that, but there's nowhere in New Jersey you can get that. Uh, yeah, I'm sure I'll, I'll f- I have my ways. I'll see if I can try to get it. If you can, um, but yeah, you let me know because I definitely want to get my hands on some. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely let you know, but enough about, uh, what we're drinking and what we want to drink. Let's, uh, talk about what we're actually doing for the episode. So, um, we watched the pilot, um, of Point Pleasant for two reasons. One, uh, we never watched it before. Uh, two, no, I think I drunkenly it. mentioned it. Drunkenly mentioned it on an episode, I think with Alicia actually, when she was a, a guest on the pod. I think that's what 
came that's where the idea came up with oh let's do a you know a commentary track or whatever um we realized rather quickly that um this was a dumb idea and on top of that uh no one wants to listen to a commentary track no one wants to actually put something on the television and then put a podcast in so what we decided to do was just to watch it ourselves so you didn't have to and talk about the uh, the nonsense that we watched for about 43 minutes spoilers on this our description even if you don't like it will be better than what we watched and that's 100 percent true um it is it's really crazy that the show was ever made and you know we're gonna get into it um it's funny too because you mentioned that only a handful episode aired um and had there is 13 episodes that exist but only fox only aired eight of them um, um and then canceled the show i feel like well it's weird it depends where you read there's like two there's a handful of episodes that ended up airing on the dvd box set which yes there was a dvd box set of this show and it actually was a really good looking box set from what i remember i mean i never would have bought it but it's cr- it's crazy because I was looking on on IMDb for like trivia and, and uh, you know uh, cast na- you know people from the cast and things like that. I noticed that uh, the show episodes were like actually pretty highly rated for what this show actually is. Like there was some like high sevens and like even you know I think one or two eights. This had um, a, it had a very, it had a very diehard fan base. Like there was like a, a movement to save this show when movements to save network shows existed. Um, but yeah, this came out at a really weird time, and this so they kind of fall like for me kind of falls into two different um, things that were happening in television. This was produced created in part by Marty Noxon, who was had a huge hand in producing. Uh, she was a screenwriter and executive producer on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So Buffy had just ended and the OC was really hot for Fox. So this definitely was let's try and grab both those audiences in one show. As an avid watcher of the OC, uh, the, the first Wait, shot of what? the show. What? Oh, Oh, do you not know this? No. What is what is is this? Because remember, I we've established I'm older than everyone on this the show. So the OC was not targeted towards me. So I was out like employed and working when the OC was on Fox. So yeah, I I could see how that was aimed towards your age group, but I did not know you were a diehard OC head. Legit diehard. Um, My family was obsessed with it. You um, watched I, it so, with your family? Yeah. Yeah. I actually like <laughs> the early, like early mid two thousands. Like we would find, you know, I, I, there's obviously like the, the American idols of it all, like the shows that everyone watched. Mm-hmm. Like my family, um, me and my mom specifically, and my sister would kind of interject too. We would find like random shows. And the, the, the two big ones were like right around the same time too, were the OC and heroes. And okay. One of those, those were, makes like, sense to me. <laughs> those, well, obviously, but like those were huge in my house. Like we, you know, that was must see TV. And when things like DVR mattered, we would like if we were going out, we had to make sure that we were DVRing or taping or whatever the OC and Heroes. God, the things you learn about people. <laughs> I did not know you were, but you can see what I'm saying. Like they definitely were trying. Oh my God, for an OC fr- vibe. Um, I- 
dude, the first the first shot of, of you know after um after you see the the body in the water, their homage this, like, to the yeah, it's like the homage to the ring and Twin yeah. Peaks, but <laughs> definitely not dude, as this, interesting as either. Yeah, I was gonna say this show is like, what if what if we did Twin Peaks but with the cast of the OC? And just made it really bad. Like that's the whole concept of this entire show. Oh, isn't that um, isn't that just uh, Riverdale now? No, because Riverdale's pretty interesting. No, no, I'm saying not bad. Beginning. I'm just saying it's like yeah. it's like let's get hot young actors to be in a David Lynch uh, property. Yeah, but it's weird because like at least Riverdale surrounded it with like people like people know. Like this had like a cast of goddamn nobodies. Uh, yeah, but, yeah. like, this had, like, a cast of nobodies. Yeah, well, nobodies. Th- there's nobodies, but then there are people who went on to become, like, massive. One person who we don't, we did not even see in this premiere, and I don't even know if you ever see him in the show, he ever made a televised episode. Can I who sp- is it? John Ham. Ham is in this? Ham is in this. Uh, John Ham, the, the inventor of John Ham's John Ham. Uh, played a character named Dr. George Forrester. I don't know what episode he ends up. You know what? I'm going to look up John Hamm on IMDb right now because this is good. I have to like. But this had this had people in it. Like you say, like there was no one in this show, but like there was. Like there definitely was. He was in. Oh my god, he was in two episodes. What the fudge? Listen, the lonely. If you're hunt- talking about Rich. If you're talking about Richard Burgey, then that's not really uh, he like, no saying much. No, Richard Burgey was in a million TV shows, none of which did well. He was in epi- exactly. Ham was in episode. Also, one of the few people who have a New Jersey tie in this that in the cast. Um, Who's your daddy? Which is episode three, and the Lonely Hunter, which is episode. Wow, like. That doesn't even show up. Oh, that he was in episodes three and four. John Ham. So we're dealing with like very early, early Ham. He's it like this is this Some is like this is like baby Ham. But um, this is baby Ham. This is baby Ham. But like no, you had at the time Dynamire, um, who Starship Troopers, uh, Melrose Place, I think, or is she nine hundred two one zero? But she okay, best known for Starship now, Troopers. I'm sorry, but I'm going into like a ham deep dive now. Apparently, there was a show on TV called The Division, and he was on 66 episodes of it. It was on Lifetime. No, I think it was on NBC. Okay, sorry. I, th- I think it's. Oh wow, that's oh, no. Maybe I'm pretty, thinking of Third Watch, which I also think he's pretty he, young ham. Yeah, and then the guy Grant Snow, who plays like he's like this the shady guy in a suit who talks to our lead character's dad. He was huge. He was a massive staple on Melrose Place. So for Fox, he was like he was a big deal. And then he and yeah. It, yeah, so like there are some people that were well known, but like this was not like And then of course we're going to get to the big one in a little bit. I don't want to ruin that cuz that's just too good to to ruin. Um yeah, there were some people Let here. me uh let, let me quickly just go over the 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 fan written plot of the show via IMDb. It has to just be so people written. get a, a, some context of what the what this shit is about. Um, it's a series of supernatural events 
that begins in a small coastal New Jersey town. That's a laughable sentence. Yes. After the arrival of a mysterious teenage girl who apparently has the ability to influence the people and events around her. Also, wow, very vague question. and super accurate description. Yeah, but also kind of questionable. Um, yeah. I would like to do, can we just talk about the geographic <laughs> inconsistencies of this show? The geographic elephant in the room? Yeah, because first off, in the opening in the opening sequence post the ring meets Twin Peaks, there's a lighthouse. Now, I live in in South Amboy, New Jersey. There is legitimately a lighthouse. There is no lighthouse in Point Pleasant at all. So, also when you ho- when you hover over that town, it looks like every fox town. It kind of looks like. Did you ever watch Sleepy Hollow? When they did that, no, on Fox. I can imagine it was pretty good. It was like, well, okay, the first season's pretty decent. Um, Harold from Harold and Kumar's in it. He's pretty awesome. Uh, John Show, I should say, uh, and then Tom Meeson, who was in Watchmen. He, yeah, uh, yeah, it's like the same town. It looks like every town USA, but oh, there's water. And then they like cut to a random shot where. It looks like this New England like harbor, and then it, all of a sudden it cuts to another shot where it looks like a barrier island, like you're on Long Beach Island in New Jersey, where there's a river on one side and the ocean on the other, and it's barrier. Mm-hmm. Point Pleasant is not like that at all. No, and like I mean, did you see that boardwalk? Like the boardwalk um, was, I think, used again in Sharknado. I'm dead. Yeah, serious. no, it's, I'm it's, dead it's a legit. It's a legit boardwalk in LA. It's like a, like Santa Monica or something. Yeah. Um, 100%. They, they, they put up banners that say point pleasant just to like, keep your attention on like, you know, we're seriously guys. We're in New Jersey, but like the only boardwalk in New Jersey that even remotely looks like that is like Atlantic city. I know. And there's a sign that says point pleasant. Uh, it says like, it says a state beach of New Jersey. I'm like, no, it's not. It's like owned by like the people who own Jenkinsons. Like like most of that, like it is not a state beach. Like it is not Seaside Park. You know what I mean? So yeah. And there is no sign in any beach in New Jersey like that. It's like they literally um, asked somebody's uncle to carve it out of wood. Well, let's 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 just begin from the beginning. As we're still in the would. beginning because we have that. We're, well. We're talking about establishing shots, but like the first shot, like the, obviously we need to get this out of the way. And I, I think I've already said it before too, is like, this is legitimately like someone pitched like, what if we did Twin Peaks again, but with the cast of the OC. So like the beginning starts with a, a body in the water, right? Sadly not and Laura Palmer. It's not Laura Palmer. Um, and then no one sees this body cause it's in the middle of the ocean. And, uh, then we cut to, um, what what Amity Amity Beach like the the way that they cut into this scene, uh, we're introduced to um, not Misha Barton, but pretty close. Who also and, uh, that actress actually graduated from a high school in New Jersey. So like, of course, she, there there is like there is those are two, her and Richard Burgi are the only ties to actual New Jersey in this show. Yeah, we're introduced to uh, Paula. And uh, I'm pretty sure someone at Fox said, like, we need a Misha Barton type for this role. We need, like... Yes. Like, literally, we need Misha Barton. But they're like, hey, we already have her in the OC. I don't think she could be in two shows. Okay, get someone who looks exactly like her and bring her on. The actress um, uh, the actress is Cameron Richardson, who her big claims to fame are 
She's in Alvin and the Chipmunks. Excellent. Supercross, Open Water 2, and Harper's Island. I think I've seen – pretty sure I've seen Supercross. I know. I've definitely seen Alvin and the Chipmunks. Oh, I, oh man. Oh, yeah. I, uh, I almost spoiled the thing that you didn't want to spoil. Okay. But yes. uh, no, I'm going to talk about – so um, it looks like Terry because, again, this show – Oh, yeah, man, Terry. Terry, this what show, a doucher. What a douchebag. Yeah, it begins with like Terry like hitting on her and like – She's like, no, I have a boyfriend. It's the hot lifeguard guy, and then she goes over the hot lifeguard guy, and then all of a sudden, oh, like, okay, so we need a freak to, storm. A let, freak storm comes in, and like a blackout, and then let's stop for somehow, a second. Let's stop for a second. Why? I'm in the middle of it. No, because Terry was on one of your favorite shows. He was on Scrubs. Oh, no. That's like he literally like his IMDb is like he's on All My Children for two years mm-hmm. and an episode of Scrubs. He played a guy named Larry, and. Our our hot lifeguard um, hero is played by Sam uh, Sam Page. Is played no is sorry Sam Page plays him. Where do you know that guy from? Um, one of your favorite shows go, of all time. Wait, go back. What so, guy? Jesse, our head lifeguard, our heartthrob here, our Ben McKenzie. Okay. He is Joan's husband from Mad Men. Oh, yeah. I knew he looked familiar. Yeah. Oh, man. I kept looking That's at funny. him, and I'm like, why do I know your face? And I'm like, oh, you're a piece of shit and madman. Yeah. And it's funny because I'm trying to p- picture Larry because the one episode of Scrubs that he was in, that's a very important episode of Scrubs. I, I would like imagine. A legit, a, like, like, like a legit, like one of the more, one of the bigger episodes of, of Scrubs, like lore, is My Lunch. Um, because it goes into, it's basically when uh, Doctor Cox loses three patients, and it's it's basically his fault because they uh, they all get, they were all um, organ um, recipients from someone who had rabies, and they all basically die. I wonder because if he's he one of the people them, who died. I'm thinking he might, but I don't think so. I think he was. I don't know. I don't know if that's true, but it could be. That's what I'm saying. Like I'm trying to picture him, and I can't. Um, okay. But anyway, so this go, episode going back is so to, chaotic. We're still doing this. We're still better than this episode. Yeah, yeah. We're again. We're we're only in the first like forty seconds of this episode. But anyway, um, Terry's hitting on uh, Paula, um, and then Paula leaves and go goes to talk to her hot uh, boyfriend, uh, lifeguard guy and then uh, all of a sudden a storm comes in and a blackout and everyone's freaking out and i don't know how but this dude uh jesse sees a body in the water uh who is uh christina nixon uh the lead of this show and the whole uh point of it um basically she's like drowning or what or not even drowning she's just unconscious she's been unconscious for like a while like she should be dead oh i'm pretty sure she should be dead yeah so he saves her Brings her back to a house. But listen, Bill, I was watching this for like the first 10 minutes. I didn't know anyone's name. No. Uh, I don't I, – I couldn't tell you until I started like reading the IMDb, IMDb page. Who are these people? Why do I care? I don't know. But again, they did it in a like a Twin Peaksian kind of way of like we're going to just throw you into the shit and then you're going to kind of have to just learn everyone later. But like 
man, Twin Peaks does it with such grace. And the show is just like, we're going to just keep like every five minutes. We're going to introduce <laughs> you to like 25 new people. And, uh, and Jesse, let's, let's face it swims into basically a hurricane with little urgency and little resistance. Does oh, yeah. not happen. No, he, he, he crushed that hurricane. Yeah, like, fuck you, David Hasselhoff and Baywatch. This is this is the real American hero on the beaches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and, and, and you know what's funny, too, is, like, um, I think it, like, he, they bring her to, like, the local doctor, played by, again... Uh, was it Richard Burgey? Um, which makes which I, I which blew my mind. I'm like, why are you? I, you're a lifeguard. You have no way to contact emergency services. Like, is there no police in Point Pleasant? Well, well, we find out there is, and he and Jesse have a yeah, problem. We do. <laughs> yes. Um, so, by the way, I figured out something about Jesse. That I'll probably save towards the end, but it's the, the most ridiculous thing ever because I've read ahead to like what happens with the show. But also it's just okay. like he's also like I couldn't get to the hospital because the roads were so jammed. I'm like that took 30 seconds and you said I'm going to take her to a doctor and ran up the beach with her like you didn't even yeah. try. Very true. Now, Bill, when so I watched Twin Peaks like super, super like late. Right. And it also at the same not- time. We did, yeah, right. You you actually didn't watch it when it first aired. You watched it later, like me too. So, um, but all right. So this is fine because both of us were pretty blind to it. When we, like, you didn't know anything going in, really, outside of just like stuff that you've seen around in like pop culture, or whatever. And then yeah. on top of that, when you were watching the pilot, this is like a legit question. Which one were you? This one cons- or Twin Peaks? Uh, Twin, Pe- Twin Peaks, like the the good show. Twin Peaks. Mm-hmm. So when you were watching Twin Peaks, did you ever at any time feel like I know what's going to happen next? No, that was the, that was the great part of Twin Peaks. Like you, it was mm-hmm. it was like it, you just watched it and you were in awe because like also like these characters in Twin Peaks were actually you were given like little snapshots of what they did and it was just like oh, we're in a weird town and everything's yeah. weird. But it's Very just weird. like, but like, it's so weird that you have to know more. This, while trying to do the same thing, it wasn't weird. It was just matter of fact. Well, I'm just talking about just like basic like scenes and plot because like I'm watching this with my my wife and my brother in law, and I'm this, so, so I can't it, believe Meg watched this with you. Oh, I made I made her because I'm like, please, you gotta like watch you, this and just make fun of it with me. You watched this in beautiful 360p of YouTube. Oh my god, it was like 10p, honestly, because we watched it on a television via YouTube. So did yeah, you I'm also sorry, get the? Did we didn't. You, we, did you get the scenes even where mention. there was no audio? No, I don't think so. In That's be- amazing. In the beginning, there's like when they get to the beach, there literally is like 20 seconds for me but there is oh, no audio at all and I'm like we should we should have mentioned earlier that uh we me and Bill uh, could not find this show anywhere so uh we we found it on YouTube so if it's still there when you guys you, attempt to watch this also don't because we're going to just shit on it for the next like we, 20 to 30 minutes by the way we forgot a major major plot point that happened well let me let me let me just concurrently finish this one point to then, the concurrently bef- before the storm hit Okay. Uh, 
hold that thought because I just want to finish this one point before I forget. So when you watch Twin Peaks, you were genu- genuinely surprised about the next events that followed. Of like course. you wouldn't be able to say like you wouldn't be able to sit down, put on Twin Peaks for the first time and say like I know what's going to happen because you're not David Lynch and you're not insane and you just kind of embraced the weirdness and the craziness. Right. I'm watching this with my wife and they would, you know, um, the the girl is unconscious in bed. But her hair still looks amazing. Makes no sense. Um, um, we're, she's in bed and there's candles next to her, right? And oh, then it cuts the candles back of the Satan. <laughs> yeah, it cuts back to the daughter of the of Richard Berger, whatever his name is, um, which is uh, apparently a main character, but she has almost nothing to do in the whole show. Which is uh, Judy Kramer, played by so Aubrey Dollar. Aubrey Dollar, yeah. So Judy Kramer the, is the the character name. So she's opening some mysterious box? Question mark. Mm-hmm. That's her, right? That is. Okay. And while that ha- um, while that happens, the candles shut off and the power goes back on. And I'm telling Megan all of these things before. Oh they my God! Yes. So because you're, you're right. It is the ev- most predictable series of events I've ever witnessed ev- on a, in a TV pilot ever. Every it is like literally they found the playbook for one every supernatural drama, two every soap opera, like teen soap opera, and like they're basically like, okay, how would nine hundred two one zero do this? And then they're like, okay, how would any supernatural thriller deal with this? And it's all. The greatest hits done in the most boring way possible. Yeah, it it's it actually becomes it it's it turn it, it makes a quick shift away from being uh, the OC meets Twin Twin Peaks to the OC meets Final Destination. <laughs> yeah, it really <laughs> like <laughs> that's very, so like, accurate. <laughs> yeah, um, it, just the corniest like like suspense shit ever like the like the the big ending with the uh, the, the the fire oh right? my god i have so many thoughts you on know, that fire and yeah so go, go back to your point so what's the what's the plot point that we uh missed before the storm the greatest cameo that will blow your oh, mind the, the best cameo and i i have i'll let you say it because then i can i can jump in with my my other cameos that he made during that time so there is a scene where uh, Judy, we find her working at a gas station, which somehow still has like analog gas pumps um, and also sells live bait in the convenience store area, which as someone who's worked at the Jersey Shore for most of his life, uh, there are no gas stations I've ever seen that also sell bait. Um, a, a classic car pulls up because they can't have a teen show from the 90s or 2000s where some teenager owns a classic car and driving the car is Aaron fucking Paul (laughs) Aaron Paul in the most mid-aughts messy comb over haircut you can possibly imagine and yet yet still gave the best performance with the three lines he had in this episode first of all I'm like, is that fucking Aaron Paul? And I, I've done that I thought multiple you knew times he was in my be life, in this. by the way. I forgot he was in this. Um, he's in three episodes, apparently. Um, but it's funny because, like, again, maybe a fourth of the way in, I said to myself, I'm like, if they ever need to, like, 
legitimately explain what 2005 looked like, they could just show people this show. Like, there's no better time capsule to 2005. Except for the music, I agree with that. Yeah, like the style... And just like like oh like what what did a douchebag look like in two thousand five oh just watch Point Pleasant bro you, you're good you're set <laughs> just um, just look at that like, one guy <laughs> yeah like my wife pointed out like um, when they're on the beach at the bonfire which oh is again a straight God. up a straight up ripoff of like the OC that literally the pilot of the OC has the same basically the exact same scene with a fight and everything there was a girl wearing a bikini top with a sweater. And like Megan's like, oh, that's a choice. I'm like, yeah, that's 2005. Oh, like like uh, our lead guy, uh, Jesse, which I'm just gonna spoil my thoughts on Jesse, aka Jesus, uh, yeah. because that wasn't too, um, you know, because we're making that metaphor. Um, wearing the powder blue uh, tight sweater from the Gap with his like khaki shorts and white shoes. I'm like, that is. So on brand for that year. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's very true. And it's funny because just going back to the Aaron Paul of it all, like he, unlike Ham, who he, he, you know, uh, John Ham was originally a teacher and he went into acting like super late in life. Like, I thought he was an actor, went back to teaching, then went back to acting. Oh, I'm sorry. That may be the case, but like he really only had a few acting roles before he get like he hit it hard with Mad Men. Yeah, fucking fucking Jesse Pinkman, uh, aka Aaron Paul, was in a gazillion like one-off like shows and pilots and all this kind of stuff, right? Um, some of my favorites. K-Pax. <laughs> I remember that? Yeah, movie. but I was gonna say some of my favorites include uh, he's in an episode of The X Files. Yes, he is. Um, you know who else is in a is big X Files? Like who gets his face ripped off? Ryan Reynolds. I was watching a That's random great. marathon, Need, and it, he needed got, to know that. Thank you. Yeah, face ripped clean off. Um, another one I saw, and literally the exact same year, uh, Veronica Mars. Mm-hmm. Um, he is uh, like some uh, druggie in that one. And then uh, I guess another good one to mention during this time was uh, the ill-fated Birds of Prey show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, another one season. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, Aaron Paul, always, always great to see. And this was uh, him. not not long later. He he would make a, a cameo in Mission Impossible Three. Again, I don't remember that. He, and I, it was, I, I, you know what? I've only seen it once. He played Michelle Monaghan's brother, and who's like runs into Tom Cruise like super early in the episode. I think Greg, was it Greg? in the episode, the movie. No, sorry. In the yes, in the in the movie, I think it's also what's his face. Greg Gutfeld is also in that one, obviously because JJ directed that one. Yes, um, but yeah, we got to we got to get into this because we're we're gonna just keep doing these like crazy uh, tangents. But let's see I, again, more um, interesting than what we watched. <laughs> exactly. Like so. So just going into uh, going into some of my notes, I said. I feel like this des- this desperately wanted to be the early 2000s version of Twin Peaks, and it doesn't have any of the crazy, weird, fun stuff that made Twi- Twin Peaks, you know, the cult classic that it is. And it's just like the most bland casting and acting and weird cutaways to characters that we just don't know yet or don't care about. Like the weird – I know this is jumping ahead, but like the Whatever. weird scene between uh, Richard Burgey and – in the doctor's office. Oh my god! Like, what was that? 
I, I'm trying to think like, so it was that scene. And then there's this scene with Paula and, um, uh, Terry. Yes. Um, yes. yes. And I think that was like amazing. Lee terrible. And like, cause, yeah. it, cause it was like, it made no sense that scene, for example, because it was like, why like five minutes earlier, she's just like, you're super problematic and creepy and probably a little rapey. And I don't want to talk to you. I'm going to tell your best friend slash my boyfriend. And then like a hot minute later, she's like, I'm naked in a pool. Come on over. And and the way she was talking was like, I'm in a mood. I'm like, what, what is this? I think what they were trying, what they're trying to imply, but did not do very well is that, um, Christina is having this in like, she is, um, like, influencing everything that's going in town like her presence is yeah fucking with everybody and that's why um yeah. they don't ben, dr kramer i'm gonna stop calling him richard burgey uh please doc- call him dr kramer because it's great it's a great last name dr kramer and like by the way yes as bland as bland could be like this show is all like mm-hmm. baby powder blues and white and past and like khaki like that is the aesthetic of this show. This is, show's aesthetic is khaki. It is a Gap khaki ad in like here's, real life. Here's, here's here's a legit quote from this oh, uh, from this show God. on the boardwalk. That's clearly not in Point Pleasant. Uh, uh, the main dude says, "What's Jesse. the main guy's game name again?" Jesse. Jesse. Jesse says to Christina, "We are having this thing on the beach today. You should come." Whoa. Oh, that's that's not vague or anything. And what what thing? Just say it's, you're having a bonfire well, or like, hey, we're having a party. See, we're having this thing. Why Aaron what Paul was so great because he's like, we're going to burn stuff on the beach. It's going to be great. And he's like making fun of it. I'm like, well, you just gave the best performance. Like they had to like re – they basically called that line back for no – and like kind of the same gag twice. Yeah. I'm like, you didn't need to do this. By the way, I also want to say Jesse is a bad Robbie Amell clone, and I could not get that out of my head the whole time. I'm just like, why couldn't Robbie Amell be older and make this better? Um, yeah. But um, I also wanted did, did to you... say, say that oh, go, that's no, why that's go why they had the weird, uh, way too revealing scene of Dinah Meyer, who we have no idea who she is. She there is yep. literally no setup to who she is. And they kind of, if we're going back to Twin Peaks, it's kind of like, um, and I'm totally going to forget all the characters' names, is the guy who owned the gas station who had the wife he hated and yes. the owner of the double R. Like, it was like trying to imply that, like, you know, missed connection relationship, like, mm-hmm. but in the most random and, and like, so poorly paced and poorly worded and out of left field moment. It's just like yeah. he's like he's like taking her pulse. He's like, I would have murdered for you. I haven't had oh. sex with my wife in, oh, yeah. in the, years. The, and I'm like, line, what is happening? The line, the line is my 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 wife won't sleep with me. Let's assess this out. Yeah, and then he's like, What am I watching? What is this? And then she's like, he's like, I love I I, I in the most unconvincing way I've ever heard anyone say it in my life, uh, both on TV and in real life. I love my wife, and she's like, I love my wife. She's like, I know. I actually believe you. And I'm just like, Jesus jumping Christ. Like, that is awful. Awful. And we still don't know who Dinah Meyer, Meyer's character is. And nope. 
but there's so much. We talked about this before we started the show. There's so much that happens in this. There's yeah. so much. Like there are people. So there's like the Kramer's other daughter died, and then like, the wife's on mm-hmm. pills, and like all this shit is happening. And then there's like a dysfunctional relationship with Jesse's. Uh, I guess it's his stepdad, maybe. And I only know that because I read the notes. And it's like there's so much happening in this episode. But yet it's done in such a slow, boring way that you're like, this episode should have ended in 20 minutes, but it felt like six hours. Yeah, because they would – okay, okay, wait. So wait. Now I've just pieced together what's happening here because you just explained it a little bit. So Jesse's Jesse's stepdad is the sheriff. Is the sheriff who Sarah is trying – to have Ben Kramer kill? No, 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 no. Yes. No, Sarah yes. is not Dinah Meyer. Dinah Meyer is Amber Hargrove. Ah. Sarah oh, okay. is actually so Jesse's mom. I'm super confused. No. That's so, the thing, though. So basically, That's the thing, though. That, yeah. the, the show does not in any way help you understand the people... And their motivations. Yeah, and, and it's... In any sense of the word. And, and it looks like... And it, what doesn't make sense is, like, it's also, like, they're in this town, like, the Kramers, and they are definitely living in a vacation home. But yet it's, like, Dr. Kramer somehow, the town doctor, and he... Which doesn't exist, by the way. There's no town doctors anymore. This is no. not the 1840s. You know, it's, like... He's the town doctor, but he also was like a local yokel who just like stayed in his town, but just happened to get rich. I'm like, that doesn't happen. Like, this is yeah. ridiculous. And so what I think they're trying to say is that Sheriff, you know, Jesse's dad or stepdad, who's the sheriff, became a cop because he wanted to impress Dinah Meyer's character. And he would have he would have killed for her. And I'm like, I think what they're trying to say with that is they're trying to elude like or um, I'm sorry, like foreshadow, like this could happen. Like she's an evil character, and I, I read ahead that Dinah Meyer and the uh, Lucas Boyd, who is Grant Show, Grant Show, who is like this mysterious suited guy who is like involved with, he's um, like some sort of, I don't know, corporate guy who is talking to is that, Christina's it, dad. Is that the okay? But wait, Christina's dad. He's okay. The, he, so the guy, it's the guy on the bench. Yeah, the guy, the two guys. So there's a scene where there's two guys on a bench talking. One of them three is scenes, guy, three fucking scenes, three three scenes, and they repeat Minimum multiple two. lines, multiple lines. The guy on the left is James Morrison, who is a character actor who's been a million things. I'm sure he's been in nine thousand episodes of Law and Order. Oh, he was in. Oh, he actually was in the reboot of Twin Peaks. He was a warden. So, the irony. Uh, okay. So he was the warden. They probably probably uh, Bizarro. Um, agent killed on his way out or um i'm not spoiling anything for anyone because you can't spoil that third season of twin peaks and it's it's it's, impossible. It, it's like calculus on acid um but anyway so this guy this other guy on the right is talking to him saying you know basically saying how christina is like basically saying she is the daughter of the devil basically that that is the whole thing um like she's the daughter of the dark one and so supposedly that guy whose name is Lucas Boyd, he ends up hooking up with the Dynamire character later on. 
And so I guess Got that it. might be foreshadowing that there might be murder involved and manipulation. Yeah, I mean, again, this is just insane. It's, it's, it's crazy. It's so vague, and it's, like, supposed yeah. to hook you to be like, oh, man, what's going to happen? And you're just like, I don't care. This is just- I don't care. <laughs> I don't care because the only time there's, – there's, I think, maybe one specific time – we'll talk about the next – of, like, oh, that's interesting. And then the rest of it was just, like – why? 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 Why are? Why are you making these choices? As like again, there are good shows that have been canceled. Sure. How did this one even get get to air? Well, is because my question. it's because uh, of the the cachet of the producer uh, of uh, Marty Noxon. I mean, she was hot off of Buffy. Remember, Buffy ends in two thousand. I believe ends in two thousand three or four. And like let's and like so when did, yeah Buffy ends in two thousand three so this was her next project. You also have to remember at the same time she was a consulting if you go to her IMDb she's a consulting producer on Prison Break Prison Prison Break yes it was a cooking show it was a baking show Prison Prison Break uh, Prison Break is like you know nailed it but in prison um, no Prison Break huge show for for Fox so if she's coming in saying like hey I want to do a show. She's coming off Prison Break, Buffy, and Angel, which she was a producer on. That's huge cachet. They're going to give it to her. She would also go on like to do Mad Men, Glee, uh, Girlfriends Got a Divorce, and Sharp Objects. So she's no joke. Like she, as a producer, like she carries a lot. And Unreal, which was a big show for a Lifetime, she carries a lot of weight when it comes to uh, television. So it makes sense that like Fox would be like, hey. Yeah, we're looking for that next Buffy. But if you can make it about sexy teens, all of the OC, that'd be even better. So yeah, it's it it makes sense why this show got made. I mean, it also doesn't because it's terrible. But yeah, you know when you have we this was also when True Calling was on, which was a short-lived um, show uh, from Joss Whedon. And by the way, one of the other creators of this show, John J. McLaughlin, do you know what he wrote the screenplay to? Do I want to know? Yes, you do. Hit me. Black Swan. Oh, wow. Yeah. He like, yeah, he was one of the writers. He wrote the screenplay for Black Swan. So like, again, that's, uh, also, that's, that's depressing. Hey, man. I mean, well, let's let's be real here. He also wrote the script for Parker, starring Jason Statham and J Lo. Sure. Um, the Super, which is uh, Val Kilmer, and it's got a, a solid five point nine on IMDb. Um, Carnival. He only did three episodes. Yeah, well, that was, which was a cult show on HBO. He yeah, but he only the, did he, three episodes. Like he he, he did the hit, he did Hitchcock from, on HBO, which was which was a big which was yeah. But where is like how did these how did these people get jobs? I'm guessing. Like, he wrote Death Collector, The Last Good Time, a TV movie of The Great Gatsby, one episode of Touching Evil, oh, Man of the House with goddamn Tommy Lee Jones, Carnival gets his own show, and then he does the screenplay for Black Swan. I, I, four years after fucking Point Pleasant. Hey, man. So I'm, I'm, what a career. 
What a goddamn career. Hey, man, it, it, all Let's, you have uh, to do is say, I did Black Swan, and people are like, hello, what do you got for me? Okay, going back to the, the one scene that made me go, ooh, this is kind of interesting, was the, and again, a very Twin Peaksian way of getting into a scene is just, oh, the main girl that we've been introduced to and the main guy just about to bone and hooking up on a bed with no context of, were they talking before? Like, what is this? All of a sudden, they start making out, and they're hooking up, and uh, right before things get super serious, uh, Christina, is that her name? Christina yes. says to Jesse, uh, I want you to kill me? Something along the line, along those lines? She said that, yeah, and I, we also forgot, uh, there's another thing I want to bring up a little bit, uh, go back to in a little bit, but yeah, so I was confused on that, and I think that might have been due to the shitty quality of the show, because I thought that he, in bed was Paula, and Jesse was going to bed to Paula, and then he was hooking up with her, and then all of a sudden he like pulls away, and it turns into Christina. And he's, oh, it may have. I think, that's, we, I think again, that's what happened. It was really shitty. Yeah. But again, this, of course, we learned that this is a dream, but... It, it, the scene started with that. Yeah. It started with him the, just literally the scene began like if it was a commercial break, you know, yeah. in 2005 during this pilot and all of a sudden comes back from commercial break and you see these people just making out. Yeah. And, weird. Like and, that's a weird choice because again, there's nothing being established. Nothing here in literally, any way. Literally nothing you know, is established. We don't, we don't, we barely know these people. We, um, there, we've been introduced to, at this point, uh, was this like halfway during the episode, 70 million people, With 70 different who all million cast members. So much baggage. So everyone's got baggage, but also I don't know anyone's name. Uh, that's why I was confusing Paul and Christina because again, during all of this, they looked exactly the same and I don't care about anyone yet. Like there's nothing to... There's n nothing to cling to. Everyone's so bland and poorly oh, written. Let's legitimately poorly written, like with dialogue-wise, that I just can't get – I can't care. And the only reason I care is because of that last line and then him waking up. So it, again, I guess there was more of a you, – you know that it's more of a dream now that we said that it started as one girl and then ended up being the other Paula to Christina. We did skip over something that I think is super important is like two things. It's is it? Yeah, because it, it, it they both make no sense. The first is that like the Kramers are so willing to be like, hey, you could stay with us. Like they're so about about it. Like they are just like let's let's let this random woman who we found drowning in the ocean, who mysteriously when the one daughter opens a box, the power comes out, and she's super weird, and like. And of course, she's a teenager who lives by herself because that only happens in TV. And it's just like, it's like, oh yeah, she could just live at the shore with us. And it's like, what? Really? This is this is like such a like a like we're not even going to try and work this out moment because all of a sudden it's just like the uh, the one the Judy is like, oh, I don't feel terrible anymore and she told me to wear my hair down so now I'm like she's my best she's my sister now and then the mother's less like 
I don't know, her presence makes me not want to take six pills a day to not be suicidal about my daughter dying in a surfing accident. It's like, whoa, this is all way too convenient. And then, of course, <laughs> the most ridiculous part of all of it is the doctor finds the 666 in her fucking iris. And... Yes. And to me, does not look like a 666. It looks like the cover to Soundgarden's Bad Moto Finger record. Like, oh my God. I'm just watching it. I'm like, really? This is it. All my, it's like, so much ridiculous shit happened in that house. It, it's. It's funny because that that the the plot of the um the the random girl again, and she also knows who she is. Like it's not like she has amnesia, and they're like, "You can stay here until you figure out who you are." Which would have that we just found sense. in the ocean. The the plot of the of the outsider coming into the town and living with them and stirring shit up in the town. That's legitimately the plot of the OC. That is. That's it. It's Ben McKenzie, uh, aka Ryan. Um. He uh, he's basically rescued by Peter Gallagher out of the uh, you know instead of going into juvie whatever they, he invites him into his home to live with them and he befriends his son um, uh, Adam Brody who you could say is the is the same as the uh, the Kramer the, jo- yeah. the Kramer daughter was like the nerdy outsider and. Like it's the same fucking plot, and it's the same show, and it's what a year apart on the same network, and, like, it, and it this looks is like it nonsense. Looks, yeah, it looks like they just were like, "Hey, when you guys are done filming in this lot, we're just gonna film here." Like that's what it that's what it seemed like, and it, it it's just so bad. Also, one line that killed me: "Oh, there's a big church in Ocean Grove. Ocean Grove. That's only two towns away." Shut that your great. butt! It is like twenty five minutes away. <laughs> like, like, yeah, it's just like it's it, just a, it, like it, a weird attempt of like saying like we we're a New Jersey show. Like, we know our shit. No, you don't, because yeah. you clearly don't. You didn't care about this at all. Yeah, and it's just like they named it Point Pleasant because someone saw it on a map once or went to Point Pleasant and were like. This would be the great name for a show because it's not pleasant. Like they thought it was going to be like super clever, but instead yeah. it's just like the fuck. <laughs> like it's yeah. like it turned out to be the complete opposite. Yeah, and like I love how that church in Ocean Grove looks like it in Sunnydale. Like I'm waiting oh for a- I'm waiting for Angel just to walk by. It's like obviously in the middle of a California suburb. What church? Looks like that in the middle of the day. I, dude, okay, so I go to church every Sunday. I was an altar boy. I was fine. I, no one, no one touched me. Um, you always was, have, you always have to, you always have to emphasize. That. I, dude, when I say I'm an, an altar boy, I had to be like, yeah, I'm fine. Is um, I have been in churches when they have the lights off, and it doesn't look like it's night. Yeah, it gets dark if there's no lights on, but that's like any house. Will be dark in yeah. the summer where the lights are. It's darker. It doesn't look like midnight, <laughs> like because that's the weird part. I guess they were trying to say like the demons were outside, but it's also like the sun is coming through. Also, no church really is ever left that unattended. That was 
And then, like, the guy, what's his name? Harland? Or whatever? Harland. Harland. That was the second, that was the second twist for me. So Harland is, like, this, like, Alfred Pennysworth-looking motherfucker who's, like, uh, you know, Christina's, like, caretaker. It's her Alfred. (laughs) It's her, that's what I just said. Uh, Fucking Alfred Pennyworth. So... You think for the first, you know, uh, 35 minutes of the show that like, oh, he's he's like the the dad doesn't care about her or whatever he does. Like this is the guy who like actually gives a shit about her. And all of a sudden, not true. He's working for, I don't know, God. I I, I couldn't really figure that one out. Yeah, because and then he gets uh, murdered by specifically. I want to make sure I get this right. Uh, glass, uh, like stained glass window bees. <laughs> I think they're flies. Uh, no, they were. I think the, they were loud fucking bees. I, I was thinking either locust or yeah. bees. I was thinking locusts or flies because those are biblical plague things. You know, so I'm, that's what I said. My and then my wife said, "No, those are bees." I'm like, mm, I don't fucking know. Either no way, bees. It's dumb. Like, oh, let me look at the. Hold on, like plagues and. The Bible. <laughs> like, let's just look it up real quick. Plagues and the Bible. Plagues of Egypt. Uh, let's see. Uh, lice or gnats. Okay. Wild animals or fly uh, or flies. Locusts. Yeah. So it was flies. But like, let's like. I love how Harland. It was just like the doctor comes in. And he's like, oh, I spoke. Yes, I spoke with Harland. Yes, Harland's cool. I spoke with him. It's like no one's established who the fuck Harland is and how everyone's cool. Like everything's cool. It's like. Harland, I guess because he, he starts saying the sign of the cross in Latin, which is the Innomine Patre, Spirit Santa, and the only way I know that is from Boondock mm-hmm. Saints. And it's like, and then obviously he's like, I'm going to kill you in church. It's just like, you would think if he's an assassin for the Catholic Church, knowing, knowing this could potentially be the daughter of Satan, there would be more weaponry involved than his bare fucking hands like you would think there'd be rituals and like medallions and incantations an ancient weapon nah he's just gonna choke he's just gonna choke her out dude that whole scene and you know we're again we're jumping all over the place but uh, thankfully i think we're almost done the that end scene where um Christina, just to give some context, Christina is trying to find more information about her powers. She has this power to like and influence people, and her mom. And there's some six, you know, there's six, some devil shit going on. She goes to the the church where the photo of her, the 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 one photo that she has of her mom, of her in like choir, is at this church in New Jersey in Point Pleasant, which yeah. does not exist. Oh, and then, Ocean Grove. Ocean Grove, sorry. Which there Ocean is Grove. a huge cathedral in Ocean Grove. Oh, okay. So maybe, maybe, all right. All right, I, I'll, I, I take that back. So she goes to Ocean Grove where she gets into the church and she meets, you know, she's surprised by Harlan, who apparently for, was like a lifelong, like, caregiver to her that she, like, seems pretty close to them. And then, of course, she uh, he chokes a bitch and tries to, like, strangle the life out of her, which brings upon the, you know, the locust and or bees. What I'm trying to get at is that scene, if you told me, no, you're not watching Point Pleasant, you're actually watching 2003's Daredevil, I would say, no, I get it. That makes sense. Like, I, th- I thought Ben Affleck was going to come and save her. It yeah. straight up looked so goddamn bad. 
in every sense of the word, whether there was the lighting, the acting, the choreography, the just the 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 blocking. I don't. It, 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 also, he I, I think dies. I've seen, I've seen student. I've seen student films done better. He. It's also like this weird thing where like the the the, the flies or the insects. Let's just say. Get in his eyes, and then like he's almost killing her. Then he's just like, "Oh, this is so annoying. I have to like stop." And then he gets succumbed or overwhelmed by these flies, which and he he's just like, "Ah!" It's just like he got a mosquito bite. His like reaction is terrible. Then of course he dies in the crucified pose because holy shit, we gotta like hammer it home that we're talking about religion. Um. Which actually I found out was a reason like why people were upset about this film because of the depiction of religion. Yeah. And I'm like, did you watch weird. the show? It sucks. <laughs> yeah, but it's like a weird – They hammer weird... in some weird stuff like uh, when Jesse says something about like uh, – was like, as fate would have it, he's like, well, that's what they say in church. I'm like, oh, OK. And then he's got the cross yeah. and you're like – and like again, it's like if you read on, it's basically like – Jesse, Jesus, and Christina, Christ, Antichrist. If her name was Anna Christina, that would have been even better. Uh, so oh she, man, yeah. So I mean, like, let's just like make it more obvious that they're going to battle. Of course, as it happens, is there's never a conclusion. This series is canceled and ends on a cliffhanger. Yeah, I thank God too, uh, pun intended, because you just describing that and you telling me that her name is Christina. And his name is Jesse, and it's Jesus versus uh, the Antichrist. You know, the Antichrist. Um, I almost fell asleep because that was what a fucking dumb, dumb pot. Like, like I'd who would watch this? Like, what? Who is this for? They, it doesn't make sense. I feel like this it's is very. It's 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 very Buffy esque. Like, I understand, but like the introduction of all of these uninteresting people is like the complete opposite of like a Whedon verse show, right? Like people are obsessed with Buffy and Angel and Firefly because of how well it's written, A, and B, how good the characters are, right? And like, also there's that That's homage, why those characters live on. There's the homage to horror in Buffy that's done so well. Like werewolves and vampires and zombies and aliens, like and the things that go bump in the night. And sometimes it's tongue in cheek, and sometimes it's taken very seriously. And it's done in a way where people can buy into it. it, it, it yeah. This was way too serious for its own good. And oh we haven't God. even got to the point where we're talking about um, the big action piece, quote unquote, with the explosion at the gas station, which is yeah. like I did. I, I did. I did briefly want to mention another line that was amazing to me was uh, it was another cutaway to the two men on the uh, it's the it's the last one. So it's just like the, the cutaway to the two men on the bench, which is the mm-hmm. it's it's the uh, hold on. You, you mentioned it earlier. Lucas Boyd. I don't want to fuck it up. Lucas Boyd and her father is talking to her father and he specifically says I think that the father says it. Which is bananas. So he's he uh, Lucas Boyd says like something like you know she you know his yeah. power lives on inside her um, you know yeah uh, you know I know exactly we, where you're going with this 
Okay. He specifically says she's also a daughter of a woman. That means she has a choice. And that is said multiple times. And that is actually that was re- repeated. Bananas. Oh my god. There's also a crazy like I watched the trailer. I think it was a fan made trailer. There's also a priest in this um, mm. who basically goes insane at some point. Um, oh man. Don't you wish it was Priest Ham? Oh god. That, that actually would have worked way better. Um, oh my god. But like let's talk about the the, the whole bonfire uh, scene. First off, the music they start with is basically yeah. like no teen from that sub subgenre of teens would ever listen to that. That is complete goth music. Um yeah, it was bad. And shitty goth music at that. And then it's like she they're like it she takes the least amount of shit from uh Christina from God, what the hell's her name? From Oh, oh uh, Paula. Paula. And then she's me like, I need to go murder people. <laughs> like yes. but, and, and then they come you did get, you see the part where they cut up from the bonfire, the upshot from the bonfire? So at the bonfire with her at the window? Yeah, where the bonfire looks like six six six. Oh my god. No. I oh, couldn't so even bad. because I was I was so focused on the maybe one of the worst uh I guess you can say cinematic fights of oh, all time. My god. Dude, my god. it's again, it's crazy because as an as as an avid some would say obsessive fan of the OC. I would. I I remember the pilot with uh, uh, Ben McKenzie getting punched in the face and the guy saying, welcome to the OC, bitch. That was a line that was pretty goddamn like notorious and famous. And something that was brought up multiple times throughout the entire length of the show, but the way the show was like, – the way the, sh- like, the, the scene was actually filmed was very dynamic and very like fun and surprising and cool. Like probably – I don't know if it's aged well at all, but probably maybe not. you should watch the pilot of the OC. You, I honestly recommend you watch the pilot of the OC and tell me that it's not – not only a far superior show, but like deserve the praise that it did. I don't at that time. even need to watch the pilot. You really do. No, no, no. To, for that, for that, you know, you'll see how much a far superior show it is to this. No oh, kidding. It's, it's well, no it's crazy. kidding. But it's like, got Ben McKenzie like, in it. <laughs> I get it exactly. But he was nothing. He was no one. Would, there, there wasn't really anyone in that show besides like Peter Gallagher. Like again, it's the same concept. It's like let's cast a bunch of like hot nobodies and some older people, and let's make like a a drama where everyone in this town is like kind of fucked up in some way. Right. Right. This, however, just going back to the fight itself, is like who staged this? Like, let's put these two cars in the way of the shot and have the, the two men kind of fight in front of the cars, but we're behind it, watching this unfold. And and why did the one guy give up his back so often? It was very like, it was not choreographed. I believe they're like, can you guys fake a fight? We, we're we running out of film. It's like, guys, the budget for this episode, we blew it we s- on the bonfire and this explosion that's coming up later. So you just need yeah. to like hash this out amongst yourselves. We blew it all on um, your Abercrombie and Fitch t-shirts. Like that's what happened. That that whole bonfire was a walking Hollister, Ed. 
It was nuts. It was nuts. Um, but yeah, going back to the the actual event that you wanted to talk about was um, so Jesse fights with um, with fucking what's his name Terry, Terry, and then you know Christina has already left at this point. Uh, Jesse and Paula after the fight drive off in Jesse's super yellow car. And oh, then, I love uh, outside they, the color. I love that style of Jeep Cherokee too. So cool. Ugh, God damn it! And then they go to get gas, and this is when all hell breaks loose. Literally and figuratively, but um, literally and figuratively. Yeah. So um, again, we see some of the most obvious setups in in television history of this like gas leak from the car to where the uh, what is it like? 10 30 at night and the guy is like welding something you yeah he's welding work it. at a gas station yeah, this he's, late he's like and basically it, welding the rack and pinion of a car um, yeah and and, and, and it's and, like the, a gas station chop shop what what is this and also it's like they still have a 1950s gas pump like i'm sorry 2005 you still had you had digital gas pumps uh, yep. I worked in Point Pleasant in 2005. I know they had digital gas pumps. Um, and then it's just like he gets it, – it's like you see the thing keeps ringing up more and more and more. And when he comes to give him prices like twenty one fifty, I'm like, dude, he pumped out at least $65 worth of gas easily. Yeah. But um, then he's like – he also doesn't warn anybody yeah. about – he's just like, hey – get out of the car she's like i can't get out of the car don't warn anyone at the gas station btw i thought he did doesn't he say something to the guy he's like for a second yeah he's like do you smell gas he's like yeah every day of my life no no when what i thought when he's out of the car he turns to the guy and he says something like like watch out and then he talks to to, then he screams at paula to get out but also like the fire Seatbelts are pretty easy to open. The fire also is very weird because it like it leaks out from his car, and it, it's and then all of a sudden the fire leaks back to his car. I'm like, what the fuck is going oh, on? Oh, oh no! I think the gas is leaking out, and then the fire comes from the the welding thing, and then it comes to the car. Yeah, still. Wonky. No, it's nonsense. I mean, Paula taking an hour and a half to get out of the car, and for him to having to physically come there. To I've never seen that before. She's just sitting there. He says, get out of the car. The first thing you would think is, okay, I'm going to press this button that's designed specifically to get me out of this car. I guess that, the, the that, that that's the final destination of it. Like it was Christina was like con- – Christina's controlling the fire because – But she's trying to – yeah, but she's trying to make – If that were the case. Yeah, I guess. If that were the, if, no, if that were the case, then – Jesse would have never been able to get Paula out. There wouldn't have been like a final like him rescuing her thing, right? It would have been like the yeah. doors have locked. So it wasn't a final – the only thing that she controlled was the bonfire fire that con- conducted this fire. Uh, fire plus fire equals more fire. It's it's, it's just fire all nonsense. day, baby. It is – But it, it is I also – can we also talk about how it was like – Jesse's like, hey, we're having this thing at the beach. Like, Aaron Paul invites Judy, and then Jesse invites Christina to this bonfire on the beach. Like, they don't know about it. It is literally 100 yards from the house they're staying in. Like, how would they not know what's happening? 
Bill, have you ever done a bonfire on the beach? Are those legal? Uh, no, that was definitely... With, like, cars parked on the beach? Well, it's... Uh, according to... Okay, so... Funny story. According to the timeline of this show, it's not quite summer yet. So, it's mm. like the cops wouldn't or would be patrolling, but yet we had mm -hmm. a full beach and lifeguards were on. So there's a lot of wonkiness happening it, right now. It looked like the dead of, like, like it looked like the, the middle of summer. It looked like the way that it, it looked like either April shot. or August. I wouldn't say April. That beach was packed. I know, but that's and the that, thing. But that's the, the beginning thing. scene, the beach was packed. Right, but then, like, the way that bonfire is, it's just like they're all like, oh, we're going to wear sweaters. So it's like, it's either like, they're they're basically like celebrating the end of the school year, but it's like at the same time it's like none of it is very, very clear at all what's happening. It's like they're just like we don't want logic. We just want you to be ooh scary. She's a she's a troubled girl, and you're just like what yeah. the fuck? And and it's uh, insane. I, it's there's so much. It's this is like I'm sh shocked that this like you were shocked the show made the air. I'm shocked this show lasted as long as it did. Oh man, it did. It only it, again. It lasted eight episodes out of the thirteen. The only way you were able to watch the thirteen, I believe, was if you got the DVD box set. And then the show ends up obviously because it's a season one of a uh, you know a supernatural show. It ends on a cliffhanger. Makes sense. Uh, any any final thoughts, Bill? I, I think the, we can talk about shit. this I, show I, for dude, like two years, but let's let's get some final thoughts going. The theme music was composed by Danny Elfman. Why? Why? Paycheck. It had to be a paycheck, man. Because it's guess, just man. it's just like I would not have guessed any of that. It's like holy shit, man. But oh. That, that's actually a great reminder for you to uh, go on Disney Plus and watch. Um, um, there's a show. I know it. It's very, very good. Hold on. Keep going, though. You're talking about Danny Elfman. Yeah, Danny Elfman did this. Um, the score. Uh, ING. IGN. Sorry. IN, IGN. Oh, found it. Yeah, okay. Go ahead. Sorry. It's prop culture on Disney yes, Plus. Yes, yes, And they actually. Uh, yeah, he interviews Danny Elfman for the Nightmare Before uh, Christmas, which Sophie episode. is Very now good. obsessed with, and I have uh, Jack Skellington and Oogie Boogie going up on my lawn in uh, October. But um, there's an article about a, a review on uh, Point Pleasant: The Complete Series from uh, 2005, written by uh, I, mean, I want to credit the author Philippe uh, uh, Vucevic. Basically saying like Danny Elfman did this score in five minutes, <laughs> like like it, yep. like this was as generic a score as you can get. Um, closing thoughts on this are: I wish I'm so glad we watched this and we had this podcast, but at the same time, I wish I had never watched this because like mm -hmm. I always have like this joke about like this ridiculous series Point Pleasant because I remember watching the trailer saying like this is. Not even remotely close to New Jersey. Everything was filmed in California, by the way. Um, 100%. I mean, I looked it up on IMDb. It was like L.A. for the first episode, then San, Di San Diego for the rest. It's like, it's so bad. It's not even so bad it's good. It This show is almost unwatchable. It is excruciatingly long. However, if you want to watch it, type in Point Pleasant Fox and there is a whole subject, like a whole channel dedicated to the entire series with the entire run on it. Um, I kind of want to see. I kind of want to see a ham episode or to see ham in it. Oh, 
Me too. But Jesse's in two. Uh, uh, I keep saying Jesse. He um, should. I mean, let's not. It's Aaron Jesse Paul Pickman. is in two more episodes. Yeah, but uh, it's so funny. It's just like Grant Show went on to do. Like I said, he went on to do Mad. Uh, no, sorry. He, that's um, what's his nuts. That's uh, the guy from Nine Hundred Two One Zero. Samuel Page did go on to Mad Men. Oh, he did graduate from Princeton, so he has a he has a a, a tie to New Jersey as well. But like. He's never really like the big ones. They never really went on to do much. Like that guy, Samuel Page, is now a Hallmark Christmas movie staple, as yeah. I believe is Elizabeth Harnot, who is who is our lead. She was in Christmas's Cupid, <laughs> Christmas Cupid's Arrow. Like she actually did some stuff. She was on CSI for 80, 87 episodes. Yeah, the cast of this did not go far, mm. and this was a show that should be long forgotten. Actually, it ran for yeah. six months. It's like the, almost the complete opposite of like what happened with the OC. Like it made careers out of Ben McKenzie, Adam Brody, Rachel Bilson. Um, it, there's a few others out there too. Uh, that Misha, got, Misha Barton. Yeah, I, I said got careers, not like well completely forgotten. Well, I mean, she had a name. You know, she had a name because of the show, but I feel like you know, yeah. Ben, um, ben McKenzie, I think, is obviously the guy who walked out with the best of the OC. I, I would say Rachel Bilson. Wow! Just because, she, what did she do afterwards? She did um, Heart of Dixie. Heart of Dixie. That didn't last that long. Seventy-six episodes. Get the shit out of Dodge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hard to yeah, dick. Yeah, yeah. 2011, 2015. Yeah. She, how? Oh, she was four episodes of How I Met Your Mother. Um, mm-hmm. That's right. She did have a role in Nashville. I mean, no. I mean, I, to me, she's number two. Yeah, but yeah, but and, no. I mean, she did. If, you know what she did? Ben, she did. She did Last Kiss, Jumper, and Jumper wasn't that great. But like, I, like, I, I know I you do. Kiss. I never saw Last Kiss, so I can't uh, comment to that. I like it. But yeah, this like. I feel like if they had actually kept it to New Jersey, yeah, even, it would have helped yeah. somewhat. Here's here's my final thoughts, real quick. Pilots are usually bad because they have to do a lot. They have to introduce characters, set up conflicts, all that shit. This one tries to do so much in such a short amount of time. It's really like, it's not only hard to keep up. It's just like you don't care. It tries you, to be like the, it's usually like you're saying the pilot is the the hook, and then like episode two is always the table set, where it's kind of like yeah. a lot of pilots are like, especially if like HBO has this formula where the first pilot is like the big explosions and the sex and the violence, and it's it's the glitzy one, and episode two is the meat and potatoes. The episodes one's the sizzle, episode two is the steak. This tries to be yeah. the sizzle and the steak in the same episode. And yeah. accomplishes neither. Like if they had leaned more into the supernatural early on, and mixed in sexy teen drama, it would have worked better. Mm-hmm. Or if they had just leaned into the sexy teen drama, and then the reveal at the end is, "Oh shit, she's the Antichrist." Like maybe that would have worked. And you can't, you can't do both. Yeah, you can't. Um, but Bill, in the famous words. Of Judy Kramer from Point Pleasant, <laughs> I am done with Point Pleasant. <laughs> Classic line. I can't wait to get out of this town and never want to come back. 
Oh man. Um, let's well, nev- let's never was... let's never talk about the show again. Let's never do that. But I want to say in uh, 25 episodes, we should do another shitty uh, pilot. That are we, we should find like another obscure shitty pilot because we're going to get so much uh, rave reviews from this episode uh, that people are going to just be asking for more. So I we bet gotta you. Come up I, with you know what? what I bet is. you there's enough people in our social circles, probably not, that yeah. are like, you know what? I remember that damn show. I'll give this one a listen. Yeah, we just need to do like some sort of like preface when we post this episode. Like, hey, if you haven't watched, you know, this is going to be filled with spoilers. We recommend you watch this piece of shit and then <laughs> and then listen to this because we, we have thoughts. Uh, but yeah, uh, the, the normal thing to say now at this point would be, uh, Bill, where can people find you on social media? Oof, that's a loaded question. Um you can find me personally on Twitter at Bodkin Writes, W-R-I-T-E-S. Um, I just tweet mostly about wrestling. Uh, but I, of course, the editor-in-chief of ThePopBreak.com. Check it out every single day. We took today off. Today we were recording this on Labor Day. Uh, but we have a ton of stuff coming up. Of course, that's podcasts, and we have tons of articles, whether it's on TV, film, music, comic books, pro wrestling, video games. You know, we have all that on thepopbreak.com. Follow us on Twitter at popbreak.com, all spelled out. We are forward slash popbreak.com, all spelled out on Facebook, at thepopbreak on Instagram. Of course, don't forget, please rate, review, subscribe to us for the Socially Distanced Podcast on iTunes. Uh, or sorry, Apple Podcasts, I should say. Uh, Google Podcasts, uh, Anchor, and Spotify. Same for our Pop Break TV podcasts, as well as our new, uh, well, our retrospective Oscar podcast and The Winner Still Is. All those places you can find those podcasts. Give us a subscription, and I hope you enjoy this one. Yeah, and uh, I am uh, at Al Manorino on Twitter and Instagram, uh, mostly posting pictures of uh, my family at this point. Uh, I actually would be start maybe posting some wedding photos soon. Uh, I have a, a wedding booked uh, next month, which I didn't know that was a, still a thing in 2020. But that, people, I guess that's people, happening. Are people eloping? What's going on? No, they're they're having uh, they're having their wedding as planned. Uh, this should be uh, interesting, so uh, to say the least. But uh, yeah, you can find me there, and you know, go on thepopbreak.com. There's some great stuff. Uh, we have a podcast network that is being built from the ground up. Yeah. Um, there's uh, some great podcasts like And the Winner Still Is. Um, Bill, what are some other great podcasts on the, the Pop Break Podcast Network? Oh, we have Live, Laugh, and Lovey, which is anchored by Lovey McPherson, which airs every Monday and Friday, uh, talking about reality TV like Married at First Sight. Um, they just concluded their run on the Oprah Winfrey Network series Greenleaf, and I think they're going to have a new one coming up shortly. Of course, then we have... Um, Goodbye to all that, which is our um, a show we run every two weeks, which looks at season and series finales, hosted by Alex Marcus, our TV editor. We have uh, TV Break, which is a monthly podcast. Myself, Josh Sarnecki, and Alex Marcus do talking about all the latest trends in TV. And there's the Anniversary Brothers, which is also under Pop Break TV, hosted by Aaron and Josh Sarnecki, which talks a lot about uh, TV anniversaries. Uh, they just did the Jackie Chan Adventures, and they will be doing one on one of my favorite shows of all time, Hannibal, coming up real soon. And uh, 
yeah, we're going to have a couple other ones coming up real soon. So, yeah, check it out. Of course, we also have the Breakcast, which was our flagship, which we still post to every once in a while on that feed. Uh, you can find that on Apple Podcasts and on SoundCloud. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for listening to this very strange uh, episode of the Socially Distanced Podcast, and we will see you next week. Bye.